Welcome to Happiness and Inside Job. This is episode 88, LGBTQ+, and I'm your host, Connie Atkinson. Happiness and Inside Job is the go-to resource for Christian parents wanting to effectively communicate with teenage and young adult children using powerful life coaching skills. What if I told you your children don't need to change anything in order for you to have a fulfilling relationship with them? You can change everything about your relationship with others by merely changing the way you think about them. Imagine the power you find when you stop depending on others for change and you create the change. Suddenly, you stop being the victim and you become the hero of your life. Hello, my friends. I cannot even tell you how excited I am to be getting back to my podcast. During the break that I have taken, I have composed so many in my head and am about to start recording them one by one. About a year and a half ago on a Thursday night that was a pretty average Thursday night, I remember it clearly. I was working on a quilt and we have the habit At that time, it was post-COVID, but things were getting back to normal slowly, and the girls didn't have school on Fridays. We had the tradition that on Thursday nights, right before a weekend, we um, would just kind of let everybody know what our schedule was going to be so that um, if our paths didn't cross, I would know where the girls were and what they were doing. And my daughter, I had kind of sensed that some things were going on and kind of different, and I had some ideas in my head, and I weren't, wasn't sure if they were real or not. And my daughter was giving me, um, telling me about her plans for the weekend and let me know that she was going to be going to a local garden with her friend to take pictures. And I said, well, we have a season pass and you could take a couple other friends too. Um, Do you want to reach out to some other people and see if they'd like to go with you? It's kind of a fun thing to do. And maybe other people are looking for something to do. And she said, no, just me and my friend are going. And I said, so I just believe in being very clear and communicating. And I straight up asked her, I said, is this is this a hangout or is this a date? And she looked at me wide-eyed. I think she just couldn't believe I said it. And she said to me, it is a date. And I said, so are you a lesbian? And she said, no, I am bisexual. And I asked some clarifying questions like, tell me what it means to you to be bisexual. Does that mean you are open to dating men as well? And she said, well, I believe there's a spectrum, and I believe that I'm 70-30 on that spectrum. And so I probably won't be looking to date men. And I just kept asking questions for the purpose of just understanding where she was coming from and what she was thinking And for the first time, we were able to have just a very open and honest discussion with each other. Now, I am not going to sugarcoat this and pretend like it was easy. It wasn't easy. My only exposure, personal exposure, with um, somebody LGBTQ was my nephew. 
who I'm very close to, and um, we are really good friends. And he is a great person, and his partner is a great person, and I love them. And even though there had been some breadcrumbs that I had started to pick up on, I didn't really know that my daughter considered herself queer. And clearly, I'm only publishing this podcast with her permission. So in this very honest and direct conversation that we had initially, one of the things that my daughter said to me was, Mom, I know exactly what you think. And I said, that's interesting. Tell me what you think that I think. And she said, love the sinner, hate the sin. And I said, I can completely understand why you would think that that's what I think. And I just need you to know that is not what I think. What I think is that it is my job to love everybody, and it is God's job to decide what's a sin and what's not. And I just need you to know that I love you no matter what. It doesn't matter what you do or don't do. I love you no matter what. Now, growing up, I composed a pretty clear roadmap of where I thought my life was going to go, and it was a pretty nice road trip. It looked something like this. I was going to graduate from high school and go to college, and I was going to meet the perfect husband, and I was going to get married and have babies, because I always dreamed of being a mom, and I was going to have a boy first. And my kids were going to go on missions, and they were going to stay in the church that I raised them in, and they were going to just check all of these boxes. And I think I'm pretty typical of most people. We think that we know where our lives are going to go. And my friends, I don't think I've ever met a person who is living exactly the life that they designed in their head, and it is totally fine. There is no problem. We are all living exactly the life we are supposed to live. Now, I did graduate high school and I did go to college, but I didn't get married right away. In fact, I went on a mission which was never in my plan, but that mission changed who I am. I did get married and not long after, got pregnant with our first child. And I knew that baby was going to be a boy. I absolutely knew it. I went in for the ultrasound and they told me I was having a girl and I knew they were wrong. I knew it until the day I held that beautiful baby girl in my arms. Five times I knew I was having a boy. Knew it. And five times I had girls and I love each and every one of them. Now, again, these five girls don't line up with this perfect roadmap life that I had created for myself, and yet they are the perfect kids for me. I learned really early on that happiness doesn't come from having our lives go perfectly, and I say perfectly in air quotes because what does a perfect life look like anyway? Happiness comes as we gain the confidence that no matter what happens in our lives, we can handle it. Nothing has gone wrong. There is no problem. And in the end, everything is going to work out just fine. Now, that doesn't mean that knowing all this and having all these tools took away the pain that I felt in the moment of having my life look different than what I imagined it would. I cried a lot. 
I replayed scenarios in my head over and over, and I cried and I cried and I cried. Now, at the time, my daughter was not openly talking to people about it, and so it was something that I bore alone. She even asked me not to tell my husband, and so I was very much struggling with this alone. It was me and God, and I prayed a lot, and I read a lot, and I went anywhere I could to try to get some help without sharing what was going on in my life. First of all, I'm a huge advocate for tears. If you need to cry, go have a good cry. We were not created to be robots. We were created to live the full mortal existence. We knew that opposition was going to be part of it. We were going to be happy. We were going to be sad. And feeling sad is totally fine as long as you are using that to move forward and not to stay stuck. As I process this pain, I really had some opportunities to try to really understand where this pain stemmed from. And it stemmed from thoughts like, I failed as a parent. There are things I could have done differently. I was replaying scenarios and using these scenarios as evidence that I wasn't good enough, that I had failed my daughter, that something was wrong. And I realized all these messages that this was somehow my fault or that something was wrong, or that something needed to be fixed. All of these were the source of my pain. Now, also, really good-meaning people say kind of dumb things sometimes. And the truth is, they don't do it on purpose. I firmly believe that this world is full of good people doing their best. And unfortunately, I also recognize that I've been that person that said dumb things in the past. I also know that not even my husband knew what I was going through, and they certainly had no idea. I also felt bad that my daughter had hidden it from me for so long because she was afraid of what I would think, and she was afraid that our relationship would change. There are so many things that I don't understand in this world, and in this moment, I had to go back to truths that I knew absolute truths that I knew in my heart and soul were irrevocable truths. And the biggest truth that I know is that I know that we were born to love. The first commandment is to love God. The second commandment is to love your neighbor. That includes your kids. In fact, I think there's a special emphasis on those people that are closest to us. And the second part of the second commandment, I feel like is so often overlooked. Love thy neighbor as thyself, as thyself. Loving yourself is not optional. It is just as important as loving God and loving your neighbors. And yet here I was in this cycle of beating myself up. Now, another truth I know is that we are commanded not to judge other people. Now, love and judgment, it's like light and darkness. Light and darkness cannot coexist in the same space at the same time. You can have light and you can have darkness, but not at the same time. The same is true with love and judgment. You cannot love and judge at the same time. So judgments I sometimes fall into with my kids might look like this. My kids should have a job. They should study more. 
They should have a clear path for their future. They should know what they want to do. They should have a major. They should have children. They shouldn't have that many children. They should be dating. They shouldn't be dating that person. They should be a more careful driver. All right, these are just a few examples, and I know I'm not alone in this. The truth is the common thread that every one of those judgments contains is the word should. Isn't that interesting? Now, I often like to put a little pretty label on the judgments that I have towards other people. Like, it might be help. I just, I'm just trying to help. Another pretty label I often use is, I just want to make sure I'm teaching them correct principles, right? It's my job to teach them. The truth is, my kids are all legal adults. I have taught them. I have done my job. They know. And the truth is, they have agency just like I have agency. Now, God and I have sometimes had some conversations. I've actually gone to him and I've said, Heavenly Father, I know the law of agency was true at one point, but have you taken a look down here and noticed what is going on? Is it still a true principle? Are you sure about this? And he assures me that it absolutely is a true principle, that he is still in charge and it is all going to work out. Nothing has gone wrong. One of my favorite scripture accounts is that of the adulterous woman. He invited any in the crowd who was without sin themselves to cast the first stone, and everyone turned and walked away. Christ was the only one who could have picked up a stone to throw it. Instead, what did he do? He turned to her and he loved, and he said, go thy way and sin no more. These truths I know. God did not send us down here to earth to fail. The law of agency is still a true principle. God not only loves me and knows who I am, but he loves each and every one of my children, and he did not send them down here to fail either. Love and judgment cannot exist in the same space at the same time. Every time I look to another to judge them and have a thought that they should be doing something in their life other than what they are, I am missing out on an opportunity to love them truly, completely, and wholly. Another truth I know is that there is nothing that will happen in my life that I cannot figure out with God's help. One of the biggest fallacies parents often fall into is they want to judge their success or worth as a person based on actions that their children do or do not take. If their child doesn't do something that they feel like they should, maybe they don't go on a mission, maybe they don't graduate from high school, they use that as evidence to beat themselves up that they have failed as a person. Likewise, parents often want to use it as a badge of honor when their kids do seemingly, quote unquote, the right things. The truth is our success as parents is never determined by the actions that our children do or do not take. Our success is determined by how we have shown up. And I would suggest that the most important thing that we could possibly do as a parent as a friend, as a spouse, 
as a neighbor is just to love. To be that person that drops the judgment and accepts people exactly the way they are. And my friends, it comes by first dropping the judgments of ourselves and accepting ourselves as good, worthy, and whole exactly the way we are. I find it interesting that when in our heads something seems like it's a little bit off, we want to hyper-focus on that one thing. My daughter is more than a person who is queer. She is more than a person who is bisexual. She is one of the kindest people I know. As a young child, she would be the first that would run grab a blanket for a crying sister because she loved her blanket and she knew that that blanket would bring them comfort. She is one of the kindest, gentlest souls I have ever had the privilege to know in my life. As her mother, I can pretty confidently say there is not a mean bone in her body. She's smart. She's a crazy hard worker. She's great with money. She's an amazing friend. She's the first person that will walk through the door, give me a hug, and say, Mom, I love you. I am so grateful that we have the kind of relationship where we can speak honestly with one another, even and especially when we feel like the other person might not like what we're going to say. When it comes to recognizing LGBTQ+, and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and my faith, I'm not saying that I have it all figured out, my friends, but I'm working on it. During the last um, LDS General Conference, President Oaks gave a talk, and I'm not going to lie, when it was given, I left the room. I couldn't even listen to it, and it took me several months to revisit that talk and listen to it, and I'm so grateful that I reached a place where my heart could be open to listen to what he said. And when I listened to that talk, when I was in the space to hear his message, this is the message that most stood out to me. One of Satan's biggest lies is that if we can't keep all of God's commandments, then we should quit trying to keep any of them. It is no healthier for us to fixate on our own faults than it is for us to fixate on the faults of others. The most important thing that we could do is to get up each day and be better than we were the day before. We were never sent down to earth to be perfect. We were sent down to earth to become perfect, to learn and to grow and to be better each day. The other message that spoke to my heart from Elder Oak's talk was the number of times he mentioned, I think it's over 14 times, he says the phrase, God loves all his children, and I love all his children. If God can love me through the good, the bad, and the ugly, I think I can. that's the least I can do for those people around me. My daughter has a children's book that I just love. It's called I Love You Through and Through. And it says something like this. I don't have it all memorized, but the gist of it is, I love your top side and your bottom side. I love your happy side and your sad side. I love your inside and your outside. I love your hair and your eyes, your giggles and your cries. I love your silly side and your mad side. I love you through and through. 
My friends, if you have any struggle in your life and would like some help working through it, I believe that everybody needs a life coach and I would love to be your life coach. Please reach out to me via my website, which is www.happiness-insidejob.com. You can contact me. You can sign up for my newsletter, which is completely free. You can sign up for coaching so we can help you make a good life great. 